Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. It's Around the Horns, 20th birthday, Tony. Do you remember when you turned 20? Tony Kornheiser, of course, prohibition had just ended. Everybody was drinking in the streets and not in their bathtubs. It was a great time, great time to be alive. Okay, luckily you don't remember prohibition. You were probably born about 20 years after prohibition ended. But I've read about Prohibition. You should me too. Um, and I watch, I watch Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers dance. And it seemed to me they were sort of around that time, if not a little bit later. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Astros win again. The Eagles stay unbeaten. And David Pollock joins us to preview tomorrow's huge game between Tennessee and Georgia. But we begin again today with Kyrie Irving. Last night, the Nets finally suspended Irving for what they said is no less than five games. Within hours, Irving issued an apology on Instagram, quote, to all Jewish families and communities that are hurt and affected from my post, unquote. Irving wrote that he was deeply sorry to cause them pain, and quote, I apologize, unquote. Wilbon, what is your reaction to these developments? Tony, I dismiss it. I I dismiss it all. I mean, the Nets finally got on board with something. The Nets, who, by the way, I think just as an organization, from top to, to, when I say bottom, I just mean on the floor, and no character, no collective character whatsoever, the Nets. Because they allow stuff like, they allow stuff with him specifically, with Kyrie, every year. There's some junk, and they look bad. They look bad for the league. But let me move quickly to Kyrie, who, if he had issued this apology initially, would have most likely avoided his own predicament. But he didn't want to because he wanted to double down. He wanted to show you how smart he was. And if Kyrie was as smart and as researched, you know, and as thoughtful and as literate as he claims to be, he'd be Frederick Douglass, okay? And he's not. And so he comes off looking just continually, you know, mean and mean-spirited and defiant and all of these things that the Nets finally said, oh, my God, we can't have this. We can't have this as an organization yeah. and this guy out front. And they seemed scared of him at first. And so did the league, which finally got with the program. And I, I think, Tony, to be fair, they probably both entities were waiting on Kyrie to apologize and say, OK, we're going to give this guy a chance. He didn't take the chance because he never does because he only listens to his own voice, which is why he's so dangerous as a person with some charisma that people follow him, and the league and the team can't have this. They finally got on board, and now it's too late. It's a full-fledged firestorm, and it's not going to go away quickly or easily. Yeah, um, I looked at the apology. I thought it was utterly worthless. I mean, as you say, he had a week to do it, and he steadfastly refused to do it and played around the edges of it verbally. So he didn't want to do it. So it seems that it's just to get himself back out on the basketball court. And until the Nets suspended him, Mike, and they had a week to do it, and they didn't do it. 
I yeah. thought the Nets just wanted to put him out on the basketball court. They did. Even though they know and we know and everybody knows that Kyrie Irving's offenses are not just to the Jewish communities but any reasonable people. And then the league, until Adam Silver yesterday, until Adam Silver yesterday said, we're going to have to meet in a week or something like that. It looked like all he wanted to do was run away from this thing and get Kyrie Irving back on the basketball court. So I want to just say a couple of things about reaction so far. I think I'm right about this. I could be wrong. The NBA Players Association, to my knowledge, has ne- they have decried anti-Semitism, but right. they have never named name Kyrie him. Irving as Didn't someone him, no. worth censure or punishment. Chris Paul and LeBron James, who were very quick to condemn Robert Sarver, justifiably, have not, to my knowledge, said a word publicly about Kyrie Irving to this point. You know, and that's why I want to say this. I want to applaud Charles Barkley and Reggie Miller for what they have said for days about this. I think they've been right. And I wonder, Mike, and I'm sure you do too, I don't know what's worse for the Nets. The fact that Kyrie Irving in New York City has aligned himself with anti-Semitism, which I believe to be true, or that last year he bailed out on every home game and just let his teammates down. All year long. I don't know what the market is for him. I know he's great. There there are always some idiots out there who will be seduced by talent. But let me just say this. When I talk about the Nets having, as an organization, no collective character, and they're going to go out and hire Ime? Really? Is that still in the works? You're going to do that now, too? See, I don't believe that can now happen, given what has gone on for the last week with Kyrie. I don't believe the Nets can do that anymore you're talking about the optics of a situation but you also talk about one giant embarrassment or what should be to the nba that would be the brooklyn nets let's move to baseball where the astros are now just one win away from winning the world series houston beat philly 3-2 and is now up three games to two last night featured justin verlander finally getting his first world series win rookie jeremy pena going three for four with two ribbies Trey Mancini making that potentially game-saving defensive play in the eighth at first base. Chaz McCormick running into the wall and leaping for that huge catch in the ninth. And Ryan Presley getting his first five-out save since July. Tony, what was the highlight to you? The highlight to me is plural. They are highlights. They are those two defensive plays that I believe save the game. I believe the play at first base by Trey Mancini, was spectacular. I, I mean, here's he's right on the base, okay? He's right there. He's guarding it. Schwarber, as he has done all series, hits a ball 300 miles an hour it. that pull, no pull, one can it. get if they're not in front of it. Mancini yeah. gets it, falls down, his knee is on the base. That, and, and so that's going to be a double, and a run is going to score, and the game is going to be tied. That is not as classically beautiful as what McCormick did in right field because he robbed Real Muto of at least a double. And so that's more spectacular looking, Mike, but I'm not sure it's as important because I don't think there was anybody on the base at that time that could have been driven in. I want to just step back briefly and say this, Mike. This has been a great series. Game one had a great comeback by the Phillies. Game three had the Phillies showing power with five home runs. Game four was a no-hitter by Houston. And that game last night was taught and well-played. Great series. It was. 
But, Tony, just one highlight. And look, I played first base through high school. You get in front of a ball like that once you're about 14 years old. You better at least knock it down. And he's already playing tight to first base, as you said, to guard against doubles. Right. Or extra base hits in general. Tony, the catch in the outfield. Tony, that goes on the all-time highlight reel catch, great catch. of fall classic great catches. And you know what the number one is? It's Willie Mays. I mean, you did, did, did Yeah. So this this gets if you mention anything in that breath, I know it wasn't the threat maybe with men on base and maybe nobody scores immediately, but well, it can ignite a big yeah. rally that can turn the game. Tony, it's that catch. That's on the all-time defensive yeah. catch reel. I will just mention that I'm happy for Verlander, a pitcher that great shouldn't have a stain on his resume that he couldn't win a game like that. And by the Agreed. way, Houston, the last time, one of the times, 2019, they went back up 3-2. to two. Back home, lost both to the Nats. So this to is not Nationals, over. Yeah. Let's no. go to, yeah, let's go to last night's other Philadelphia-Houston matchup, the Thursday night football game. Philadelphia won 29-17, but the game was tied at the half, and Philadelphia had to struggle a bit against a one-win team. It took two second-half touchdown passes by Jalen Hurts to get the Eagles to 8-0. No. Wilbon, did you come away more or less impressed with the Eagles after this win? You know, I'm not going to phony it up. I came away not having watched a snap of this game, which has now become my predisposition for Thursday night football. It's a waste of time, so they don't need to waste my time. They can waste their own time with this stuff if they want. That's a game, Tony, I think I at least got in my pool. That was my 16-point confidence game, even though I wouldn't appear to watch any of it. Tony, it's Philadelphia. They're undefeated. You knew they were. it yeah. could be trap game a little tiny bit, and that they could, you know, sort of go, eh, we don't know about this game. We can't get excited for Houston. But I'm not – why would I be impressed with any of it, any Thursday night game? Were you? I was impressed with the result of it for this reason. I think that it's hard to win football games. I think you go on the road in a short week, even against a bad team, with a target on your back because you're 7-0 and at that point and you win. I was impressed. I want to go to another issue, though. I want to talk about what I saw all morning long. What? They have these predictive predictive numbers or whatever about the rest of the schedule. Yeah. So so they invent numbers. They put them on the screen so that in the next nine games that the Eagles have, according to the BPI or the WPI (laughs) or the FBI or RPI, Rensselaer Polytechnic, the only chance they could possibly lose is at home to Dallas. This, in your words, is absolute junk. This it's is junk. cheap, it's junk. shameless junk. It is. And it get is. it off the screen. Stop when I say it. nobody has any They're shame invented. anymore, it extends to that. It extends to stuff like that. Ignore those Come numbers, on. Tony. That's when you go Come to on. the clicker. There's got to be some Dick Let's Wolf show rerun on at that point. Go to that. Coming up, Tennessee's ranked higher than Georgia, but are the Vols the better team? We're going to ask David Pollock, a graduate of Georgia. We'll also ask him if Alabama could be vulnerable to LSU tomorrow. Tomorrow night. By the way, is Jalen Hurts still taking the test? Because I think he aced the test. Right? And the interruption is presented by Guinness. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats Rewards. 
Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. PTI fans, listen up. Have you heard you can listen to episodes of this very show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership? That's right. All your favorite PTI episodes can be heard on Amazon Music ad-free. But that's not all. You can listen to other top podcasts like The Low Post and First Take ad-free as well. They also have your favorite shows like The Daily, Part of My Take, and Up First, all without ads. You know what this means. Uninterrupted listening, so no more cliffhangers. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts, so we know they definitely have something for you. And it's already included in your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash PTI. That's Amazon.com slash PTI to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to Pardon the Interruption, presented by Guinness. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. The PTI investigative team has uncovered a huge story. Number one, Tennessee plays at number three, Georgia tomorrow, which is where we find our great friend from college game day, the man who brings the average age of this show down into the upper 50s. Mr. David Pollack, we're going to ask you about the game that you're at. We're going to start with this. The college football rankings, the first poll, had Tennessee one and Georgia three. Does Tennessee appear to be the better team to you? Tennessee absolutely deserves to be one. Uh, when you look at what Tennessee has been able to accomplish this season, you beat Alabama, the number six team in the country. You beat the absolute snot out of Tennessee, the number 10th team, or uh, LSU, the number 10th team in the country in Death Valley. So Tennessee by far has the best resume. When you look at their offense, they have been insane. They've been playing great football. So I completely agree with Tennessee being right now being the number one team in the country. But that being said, playing Georgia in the SEC on the road, another great team will be a huge challenge for them. Well, here we are, David, talking about Tennessee and LSU and Georgia and Alabama, which plays into Tony's fantasy of three one-loss <laughs> SEC teams filling or almost filling the four-team playoff. I am steadfastly as a Big Ten guy rooting against this. What say you? <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to happen. Listen, the committee said it's the four best teams. You're supposed to put those in. And when they started the committee, I mean, one thing to keep in mind, five Power Five teams or conferences, only four teams, so somebody gets left out, period. But I just don't think the committee will put three teams in. The only way it happens, by the way, is if Georgia wins. If Georgia loses, I think with their strength of schedule, I don't think they really have a good chance, unless it was a barn burner great game. Uh, but if Tennessee loses this game, and Tennessee, and then Georgia goes to the SC championship game and loses to Alabama, they all beat each other at different locations, it is going to be a mess to suit out how they put them in there. They might have three deserving teams, uh, Michael, but I don't think they'll get three teams in. I don't think they'll do it. All right, David, to follow up further Man. on that theme, LSU, Man. which is ranked 10 now, I mean, it, nobody was talking about them early in the season. They didn't even look all that good early in the season. Is LSU actually better? Would you consider them a good team right now? 
I think they're a good team, yes. Are, are they dominant? Are they good enough to beat Alabama? I don't think so. I, I think LSU has changed who they are, which is why they're where they're at. Jaden Daniels, you know, transferred from Arizona State before the season, just like all the transfer portal people that LSU took this year. They changed the offense. They've morphed around their skill. They're not great on the offensive line, so a lot of RPOs getting the ball out fast to their playmaking wide receivers on the outside. Listen, here, LSU's got a lot to prove to me. They beat Ole Miss. That's why they're there. Ole Miss, again, is a top 11 team in the country. Their next best wins, you're going to talk about Auburn. Um, you know, Auburn's not a very good team. They squeaked out a win against Auburn. Um, they squeaked out a win against Florida. So I think LSU and Brian Kelly has done a good job turning it around, but I don't know if they're a top 10 caliber team and a team that I feel like could beat Alabama. I'm sorry you don't think three SEC teams would get yeah, in Alabama, Yeah, take that, Tony. Take that. And Georgia. Because I think that would be great. And then the winner of Ohio State, Michigan. But that would leave out the team I'm going to ask about now. And that is number four, Clemson. They would be left out. They visit unranked Notre Dame. Early in the season, we sat here and we basically wrote off Notre Dame. Now, they've gotten better. Do you see the Irish honestly as a real threat to Clemson? Yeah, I think they can be a threat because of how they're built. When you look at the Irish, their best their best qualities by far is running the football and being physical at the line of scrimmage defensively. So look at Clemson. If you're going to get Clemson, Cade Klubnick just came off the bench for them against Syracuse in their last game. They struggled offensively like crazy. DJ Uyunglele struggled. A little bit of curio- or, um, a little bit of quarterback controversy type. I mean, it's not a full-blown, but there's definitely some question marks. I think Notre Dame can match them physically, and so that's why I think this will be a low-scoring, maybe a close game. But it's interesting about Clemson and the respect or lack of respect they're getting from a lot of people. They're the only team with three top 25 wins. The problem is all of them were by six points. So all of them were really close. Clemson's a very, very good team. I don't know what they're great at. Like Tennessee's a great uh, offensive team. We know they're discernibly great. Clemson's a good offensive team, a good defensive team. They're not great at either. Georgia's kind of a great – Georgia's a great defensive team. You know what they're really good at. Ohio State, a great offensive team. Clemson's kind of one of those teams that are really good at both, but I don't think great at either. Thank you so much, David. So happy Appreciate for you that you're home. David. Big day tomorrow. You don't have to go on the road. This David, is where you between live. Between the hedges. You. He's familiar with that. He knows home that terrain. Home game, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Never complain with you the home game, You can catch game, more, David, tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, college game day starting at 9 a.m. Eastern. Let's take one last break. Still to come, Steve Kerr promises changes to the struggling Warriors. And could the Titans upset the Chiefs on Sunday? Tony, have you been to Athens for a game? Have you been between the hedges? I have, n- I have never been uh, there. No, uh, I really always wanted to. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Pardon the Interruption is presented by Guinness. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. Happy time, people. Happy 40th birthday, Devin Hester. Hester holds the all-time NFL record for non-offensive touchdowns with 20. 14 punts, 5 kicks, 1 field goal returned 108 yards. Hester's one ahead of Deion Sanders. Hester's 14 punt return touchdowns is the NFL record. His four punt return touchdowns in 2007 is tied for the single season record. In both 2006 and 2007, Hester had six non-offensive touchdowns, the NFL's single season record. Hester was a second round draft pick in 2006 out of the U. Played eight seasons for the Bears, the most productive years of his 11 years in the NFL. He did not make the Hall of Fame last year, his first year of eligibility. Wilbon, you would put him in, right? Yes! There are two people from that team who have to be in. One is in, Brian Urlacher. Devin Hester's got to be in. Do you see those clips? There's no one in today's NFL that can do what Devin Hester just did on this. No one. Not close. It's such an exciting play, and it's absent. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Happy anniversary, New England Patriots. On this day 15 years ago, the Patriots and Colts met at the peak of their rivalry. The defending Super Bowl champ Colts were 7-0 hosting the 8-0 Patriots in the latest matchup ever between two unbeaten teams in NFL history. Colts had Peyton Manning, Patriots had Tom Brady. Those two had accounted for six MVP awards in an eight-year span. Brady broke his three-game losing streak to Manning, and the Pats kept their streak alive in what would turn out to be a 16-0 season, marred down the road by a Super Bowl loss to the New York Giants and Peyton's brother Eli. The Colts and Patriots will play this Sunday in a 1 p.m. game almost nobody cares about. No. Tony, there's some really nice games, some really good matchups this Sunday. That is not one of them. Happy trails to last night's game against the Magic for the Warriors. The Golden State Warriors blew a 16-point second-half lead last night, lost to lowly Orlando. The Warriors are now 3-6, 0-5 on the road, including four in a row on their current five-game road trip. That's just the second time in NBA history that the defending league champions have lost their first five road games. Philadelphia did it in 1956. The Warriors have seen a significant drop-off in production when they go to the bench. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson combined for 66 last night, and the Warriors still lost. Draymond Green says it's bad defense. Warriors coach Steve Kerr said, quote, we have to save us because nobody else is coming. In the meantime, the Warriors are going to go winless again because they're going to stay that way tonight in New Orleans. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins – all out, sitting out tonight because it's the second night of a back-to-back situation. The league's going to have to do away with back-to-back pretty soon. Just not have them. Yeah, they're not going to win that game for sure. Let's no, go to the not big finish. That. The 3-4 and four Rams visit the 3-5 and five Bucks on Sunday. Which team needs to win more? Oh, stop. They're both under 500 recent champions trying to win. They need it the same. 6-1 and one Bills play the 5-3 and three Jets. You giving your boyhood team a shot? No, not really. If this was not a division game, right. I might think the Bills 
were complacent, but they're not yeah, going to be. but it is. Alex Ovechkin tied Gordie Howe's record for the most goals with one team with his 786 last night. Is that a big deal? Anytime you bring Gordie Howe and what, something that had been <laughs> his record or he's at the top of a pyramid, yes, it's a big deal. Yeah. Tomorrow's MLS Cup pits LAFC in the Philadelphia Union. Who would you like to see win? I mean, Philadelphia has done so well lately with the Eagles and the Phillies. So I guess I would like to see the Philadelphia Union win or some other union. <laughs> last one, Titans and Chiefs on Sunday night. Who you got? Tannehill hopes to play after missing last week with that ankle injury. But, Tony, you know, I'm going to still go with the Chiefs, I think. By the way, Warren Sapp tells me don't compare anybody to Jim Brown. Just stop. And he's he's, he's right. you got to stop that. He's, We're out of time. Trying to do better the next time. I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mike Wilbon. Have a great weekend, knuckleheads. Check out NBA Countdown at 7 Eastern. Take a guess as to what we are going to talk about. And you now. You look great. That's a great outfit. You Thank look great. Appreciate that. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.